Good morning. We are looking again today at the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's Gospel, chapters 5, 6 and 7. The Sermon on the Mount. This is the most important sermon that has ever been preached. Interestingly enough, it's also one of the shortest. You know, it uh, only lasts about 15 minutes or less. And uh, I know that because I read it out loud yesterday and timed myself. Cool. The things you get up to in lockdown. But here we have Jesus in this sermon giving a manifesto about what the life of a disciple can be like, just like him, just like his life. How to live a radically different way of life. How to be a disciple of the king a child of the light, not in order to earn and gain our salvation, but having come into a relationship with God freely, having entered the kingdom of heaven by his power at work within us, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, we can, by his grace, live increasingly like this, a transformed life. So we're going to look today at the Beatitudes again, the, the second half of them, if there are eight of them, uh, then we're looking at the, the, the second uh, group of four today. But I'd like to read all of them. Again, they're called Beatitudes, not a word that's there in Scripture, but it comes from the Latin word Beatus, which means blessed. So here is what Jesus said constitutes a life that is blessed by God. Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 to 12. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now it's interesting that Jesus himself embodied each one of these qualities, each one of these, these characteristics of a blessed life. And uh, I think that's a good way of looking at lots of things in Scripture, just to think always, how does this apply to Jesus? Sometimes we can tie ourselves up in knots, trying to make sure we're living in this particular way, trying to tick boxes that are that are right in order to, to be holy before God. So for example, you could think of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. And, and if you're not careful, it's like, well, am I loving enough? Am I gentle enough? Am I patient enough? And that's the sort of character that the Holy Spirit is producing in us because it's the character of Jesus. And so Jesus is the one who is love. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Jesus is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness. If I'm filling my life with Jesus, then his Spirit will produce Jesus' character in me. Think as well of the, the armour of God. 
the spiritual armor of God in, in Ephesians chapter six. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I think sometimes we can, we can think, well, am I wearing the helmet? Have I got the belt on correctly? Or whatever piece we're, we're considering. And we're not sure if we have or we haven't. But the fact is, what we need to do is make sure we are totally clothed with Jesus. Because Jesus is our salvation, for example. So we're wearing the helmet of salvation. He's my righteousness. And so that's my breastplate in place. He is the truth. And so the belt of truth is Jesus in my life. He, I put my faith in him, so I'm holding the shield. He's the word of God, so I'm wielding the sword of the spirit. It's the gospel of peace it's the good news about Jesus and so my feet are are shod with the, the the gospel of peace all of this is about Jesus it's all about being like Jesus and similarly with this list we don't have to work our way through it and think am I doing this am I doing that it's always about Jesus Jesus was in a sense poor in spirit meaning that he lived his life totally dependent upon the father I can only do what I see the Father doing, he said. He was dependent upon God at all times. Jesus mourned the sin of the world. Now, he didn't mourn his own sin because he had no sin to lament or to mourn, but he mourned for the sin of the world. He, for example, wept over Jerusalem, longed to embrace the people there but they would not because of their rebellion and rejection of him and so he mourned their condition and their future judgment he with other people was gentle and humble uh, he said of himself i am gentle and humble of heart take my yoke upon you for that's what i'm like gentle and humble in heart so that's that's too the the, the meekness that's talked about here and he was absolutely radically committed to the kingdom of God, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, to live in the right way and to put the kingdom of God, God's rule, God's will first. Now, I would suggest that we could use this list of qualities of the blessed life as a sort of meditation prayerfully. You know, if, for example, you're you're finding it hard to sleep one night uh, because you can remember these things without having to have the light on even. And you can work through it in your mind and say, thank you, Jesus, that you are like this. Now, may I be like you. Use it as a meditation. Use it as a an aid memoir for how blessed God wants you to be by him producing the character of Jesus in our lives. And so looking at the second half of the list of Beatitudes, let's just briefly consider them one at a time. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they will obtain mercy. They will be shown mercy. And the, he's talking there about a, a couple of things, really, I think. First of all, he's talking about us being merciful in the sense of forgiving other people who have wronged us. Uh, and he brings that up again in the in, in the next chapter, chapter six, when, when he talks about forgiving people and God only forgiving you if you choose to forgive other people. So, so forgiveness is, is hugely important. If we don't forgive other people, it's a sign that we haven't really fully repented of our old life. And so we can't obtain mercy from God without that full repentance. But the other aspect of being merciful is about actually showing compassion and pity on people around us who are suffering in this world, suffering because of the darkness and sin in the world, and even maybe because of their own foolish or sinful 
choices, but nevertheless being merciful towards them without being judgmental. Uh, I, I spent some time a few years back uh, going out uh, on the flower estate with, with Bob Light when he would uh, take around food to, to families in various aspects uh, of need due to their circumstances. And it taught me ever such a lot seeing, seeing Bob at work because never ever was there any sense of, uh, of, of judgment or, or measuring up whether people deserved to receive something or not. Whereas I was looking at what they already had in the house or, 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 or things like that and ever so easily made these, these assumptions. And he was quick to gently but firmly teach me that you just don't know the story behind people's lives. Uh, and so it's never right to make a judgment like that. He taught me not just about doing acts of mercy to people, but having a heart of mercy towards people. And that, I believe, is exactly the sort of quality that Jesus is referring to here. Blessed are the merciful, they will obtain mercy. Then he went on to say, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. The pure in heart. The word there is all about our integrity, our sincerity, and our honesty. It's about not being two-faced or hypocritical. It's about that sort of genuineness that we're the same on the inside as we are on the outside, uh, not living a hypocritical, two-faced sort of life. And that quality is, uh, is just like Jesus, of course. You know, in, in, in the Psalms, in Psalm 24, uh, the psalmist uh, prays that way. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? He who or she who has clean hands and a pure heart. It's about that purity that only forgiveness from God and the life of the Holy Spirit within us can, can change us to live like. I love the prayer that's in another psalm, in Psalm 86, where the, the psalmist there says, and prays to God, he says, God, unite my heart to fear your name. Unite my heart, make it one. Give me an undivided heart. May I be the same on the inside as I am on the outside towards you, God, and towards other people, pure in heart. Then Jesus goes on to say, blessed are the peacemakers. They'll be called children of God. Peacemakers. We are to be those, just like Jesus, who offer to people reconciliation, first of all, with God. That is our ministry, all of us, to be those who can bring a message and show an example of being reconciled to God. What a privilege. What an opportunity. You see, that's what Jesus did. We read of him in Colossians that through his blood shed on the cross, it made peace. It brought peace between us and God for those who put their faith in Christ and his blood to cover our sins. So reconciliation with God is a huge priority. But it's also about sometimes bringing reconciliation between other people, reconciliation with one another, in the same way that the gospel brought the potential of reconciliation between the Jew and the Gentile, that we could be one in Christ, no longer two divided peoples, the, the Jew and the non-Jew, but in Jesus, one new person, one new person in Christ, united by the Holy Spirit in both of us. 
And so we can, we can help or try to help others who might be uh, experiencing some hostility or, or, or division in our families, in our work situations, maybe even sometimes within the church. You know, we've had some experience in the past pastorally of trying to help uh, married couples who are experiencing difficulties. And that's not always easy because when you try and help people to reconcile with each other, whatever the situation, you risk sometimes being misunderstood or, or being re rejected. But nevertheless, blessed, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, those who seek to bring reconciliation and help people into that. Lastly, Jesus says a surprising area of blessing, and he says, blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are people who face hostility, opposition, suffering, who are persecuted, though, he says, because of righteousness, who are persecuted or people speak ill of them, speak falsely of them because of me, Jesus says, because of their faith in Christ, not because they're awkward people uh, and, and deserve that sort of criticism, as it were. No, if we're persecuted because of righteousness, because of Jesus in our lives, we, as difficult as it sounds, we are blessed. We are blessed. Now, whether or not we are aware of, of direct persecution ourselves uh, currently is, is debatable. It's, it's, uh, it's not a huge situation for us in this, in this country, but it is across the world and it is important that we realise the situation that many of our brothers and sisters are in. I, I checked out some information uh, through Open Doors this week, the, um, the Christian organisation that especially looks at the persecuted church in the world. And today, one in eight Christians around the world suffers direct persecution because of their faith. One in eight. That means, in reality, and this, brace yourself, is a staggering statistic, last year, in one year, last year, 2,983 Christians were murdered because of their faith. Blessed? Blessed are those who are persecuted? Jesus said it because they, they, they experienced the same thing that the prophets before them long ago. And it does bring blessing. It brings blessing. Now, one of the hardest countries in the world to be a Christian today is China. And yet, even in the midst of direct persecution there, the church is growing healthily and numerically. It is estimated that conservatively, there are over 92 million Christians in China, living in China today. That's a huge number, bigger than the population of this country in total, 92 million Christians, yet it still only makes up 7% of the population of China. But they are blessed. They are blessed. And almost because of persecution, they are growing and thriving. And so this list... These qualities are the normal, blessed life of disciples, including the persecution bit. You may think to yourself, but I can't live like this. 
this seems unattainable. It seems impossible for me to, to live like Jesus lived. And I think we're actually kind of meant to think that. It's meant to have that impact on our lives because what it does then is it takes us right back to the very beginning, the very first one. I can't live like this. And so I come back to God, poor in spirit. And he says, here you are. This is the kingdom for you. You are blessed. You are poor in spirit. You recognize your need of me. Come to me, rely on me, be dependent on me. No, you can't do this. You can't live this life in your own resources, but you can live in me and through me. And I will make you more and more like my son, Jesus. So be blessed.